Today, I want to continue in our study through Galatians and, um, and just continue with that. And it's interesting because a lot of times um, when you go listening to preaching online or you're going to a lot of churches, a lot of what happens when you um, hear preaching is that they'll go over topics. Five ways to have a good marriage. Ten ways to have financial success in your life. Four ways to have God respond to your prayers for healing. You know, you have that kind of stuff. And topical preaching, it can be good. But one of the things that I learned is that if you go and you preach on topics every Sunday, you go pick a topic and you preach on it, you're going to run out of topics someday. But if you preach the Bible and you preach God's word, you'll never run out of topics. You will always have a topic. So, you know, on occasion we will preach topics. I will preach topics to you guys. You know, we just did the forgotten one, that topical series. But at the same time, sometimes it's just good to dig in and preach a few verses to you guys. And then next week, preach the next few verses to you guys. And, and it's good. It's good to hear God's word that way. But at the same time, sometimes it offers challenges to the preacher. Because sometimes he preaches about things like, hey, I'm going to preach about that. And so today that might be one. But I want you guys to go ahead and if you'll open up your Word or open up your Bible app on your phone or however you do it and open up to Galatians chapter 2. We'll go to Galatians chapter 2 and we're going to start at verse 11 and I'm going to read a pretty good large chunk for you today. So Galatians chapter 2 starting at verse 11. I still hear a couple paper pages rattling. Galatians 2, starting at verse 11. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. This is Paul talking, by the way. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing that those who were of, of the fearing those who were of the circumcision and the rest of the Jews and played the hypocrite with them so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the, in the manner of the Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by works of the law. For the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and active today. And then it can be useful, useful for us to grow in our discipleship, to grow in our relationship with you, and to change who we are for the betterment of the kingdom, Father God. We love your word. Help us to 
put it into our hearts today. Help it to grow us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is an interesting thing here because last week we went in and we talked about authority and who we are in Christ and how we need to have a story. And that came from Paul in his introduction of Galatians. It was a, I thought it was a good message for us to just refresh who we are. And he, he does that in his letters. He come, came in, he gave, us, he gave his, his testimony of who he is, what authority he stands on, and why. And he takes the whole chapter, first chapter, and part of the second chapter to do so, laying down why he has the right to talk to them about things that are good and things that maybe they need to look at and change. And this is where he goes right into the next part, and he starts to kind of address one of the issues that he has going on over here. And he's having a discussion with the Apostle Peter, all right? And, and Paul is just, he's very frank. He's way more frank than I could be with somebody. But that's a good thing, right? And so we're going to get in here today, and in this series, we're going to come to the point of rule following. Jesus never intended that the church be a system of rules of rules or obligations. And that's what Peter's getting at, or Paul's getting at here. Rather, in Christ, we have freedom from the bondage of the law. All right, now I just shared with the kids one of the Ten Commandments was interesting. Like, well, he's just talking about the law a second ago. But, you know, the law is there to show what the end road is and that we need a Savior. That's what it's for. So we go in here, and Peter just gets right into it, verse 11, and he goes over, or Paul gets right into it here in verse 11, and he goes straight to Paul, and he gives him this charge, and he says, wait a second, Peter, now you're here, you are a Jewish man, and you are sent to apostle and, and be a missionary to the, the Jewish people, but when you are around the Gentiles, you hang out with the Gentiles, you chill with them, you eat with them, you eat what they serve you, you live life with them. But then when you find out that there's a Jewish person coming around or a Jewish leader coming around, you withdraw yourself and you start to act like the Jews again, pretending like what's going on over here is not something that you're partaking of. And I'm not saying that the Jewish thing is wrong or I'm not saying that the that the, the uh, Gentile thing is wrong, but... You know, you're playing both sides of the fence here, Peter, and you're being a hypocrite. And you're being such a hypocrite in your leadership that the person that takes second place with you, Barnabas, is following after you, and he's acting like a hypocrite too. I don't understand what's going on, but it needs to stop. So, you know, he gives this charge to Peter that I don't want you to be a hypocrite, but I want you to be true to the gospel. And what does that mean to be true to the gospel? So I have to ask you guys this morning, and I have to ask myself, I really had to ask myself, because there's some stuff that I have to work on in here too. Are you being hypocritical in your actions? You know, and that's a challenging thing to ask a church, because people don't like to hear, they want to hear the good fluffy stuff. They don't want to hear the, the, the harder things. But do you act a certain way when you're in church, or you're around church people, than you would when you're at work, or you're at home, or you're out doing your thing with friends or whatever. Do you have two persons about you? Are you two different people? Do you go to your work and say that I am a Bible-believing, Jesus-loving Christian, and then tell a joke that would make Chris Rock 
blush. You know what I mean? Because that's not good, you know what I mean? Because it tells people something about the Christian faith that maybe we're not sincere or we're not, you know, we really don't believe what we're telling you because we're not living it. We're not living life that way. We'll tell people how to be, but we won't act that way. Kevin Max was a was one of the singers. He's the weird singer in the old band DC Talk. Who in here's heard of DC Talk? Who's ever heard of him? There's one person raise their hand. Wow, I am getting really old. DC Talk was like newsboys of the 90s. Or well, they were cooler than the newsboys, though. They they were cool. But Kevin Max said this in one of his CDs years ago. And it's always stuck with me. And I've probably shared it with you before. He said, the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world finds simply unbelievable. Can we ask ourselves... When we just do an analysis, and you can ask God to go and say, hey, give me a performance review. He will do this. I have asked him, like, hey, search me, give me a performance review. Show me what's good, what needs attention, and what is totally needs just cut off. And he'll do that for you. If you ask him earnestly and you wait, wait for an answer, he will show it to you, reveal it to you. What needs worked on? Inside of us, inside of you, inside of me, inside of my boys, and you know, what needs worked on? What part of our life is something that does not represent the glory of God? That is contrary to the glory of God. Because we must do the best to act the same and be the same everywhere where we are, every day to everyone. Now there's people that, you know, we deal with in the marketplace or whatever that maybe, you know, grind on us. There can be people in a church that grind on us, and there can be people that we really, really like in the marketplace and in church. But we need to be able to stay true and be the same person to everybody. And what people see me doing when I'm at work should be the same thing they should expect when they walk in the side summit church, you know, as a pastor. What they see me acting like um, in my house should be reflective of what goes on here. One of the ones that I've kind of been challenged on and sometimes I slip on is my media usage. Is the movie that I'm watching right now something that I would want to share with somebody at church? Like, you should watch this movie or you should watch this TV show. You know, and for me personally, sometimes it's like, yeah, you know. So for me, I've had to, I've had to make choices in my media decisions. And that was why, you know, you guys were all laughing last week that I wanted to just wanted to eat cookies and watch Kung Fu Panda. But I'm trying to make those choices to where I watch things that are more, you know, I mean, Kung Fu Panda is not about glorifying God, but it's not something that's filthy dirty. You know what I mean? And it's something that I could go and I could look at Trenton and say, hey, have you seen that, man? My favorite character is, you know, um, the crane, you know, because he's awesome, or Tai Lung. And I should be able to have that because I should be making those good choices. And is my tongue clean? You know what I mean? Like, is what comes out of my mouth wholesome and good? Am I using profanity? You know, for me, I'm giving you guys my stuff. Do I, am, I, am I doing it right? We have to be consistent in our words, in our actions, in our practice, and then with our associations. You know? 
we should not be ashamed of the gospel. And I think that's where a lot of it comes is, you know, when you're out and about, you definitely don't want to feel like an outsider. And I understand that because I don't like to feel like an outsider. I'm what they call at work salary non-exempt, which basically means I'm not good enough to be a boss, but I'm not an hourly either. And so I'm like, I don't know what I am, but the salary people are like, you're not good enough. The hourly people are like, you're not one of us. So I understand what it's like not to quite fit in. Um, we all want to fit in. Sometimes those actions cause us to do things to fit in. But he tells us in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. When we act ashamed of the gospel, how can we give that message to somebody so that they can put their faith in Jesus Christ, so that their name can be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, so that they can have a, a room for them themselves in their father's house, just like we were singing a while ago. We can't be ashamed of it, and our actions show whether we're ashamed or not. We should be proud to be Christians. We should wear that as a banner, you know? That's become taboo in what a lot of people and Christian leaders are calling a, pro, uh, a post-Christian world. That just makes my hair curl right now, to call what society is today a, a post-Christian world. We should be a pro-Christian person. We should be proud of it. We shouldn't let inhibitions and expectations of the world make us compromise what we believe in. And I'm sorry if this makes you dance in your chair like, man, I hope you pray so I can get out of here. But if it is, I don't know. Let the Holy Spirit tell you. The second thing he does here is he says, you know, Paul goes to Peter and he says, hey, you know, you act one way around the Jews. You act another way around the Gentiles. When the Gentiles are around the Jews, you don't act like the, you know, he's like, what are you doing here? And then he goes on and he says, you even go so far as to tell the Gentiles that they should be more like the Jews when the Gentiles and the Jews are together. And this brings an interesting one open to me because, and it feels like I go into several topics here, but I'm preaching God's word verse by verse here. We talked about hypocrisy, but now I want to talk about what is called legalism. Because he's saying you need to follow the law. And if you have read Deuteronomy and Exodus and, and understand the law or, or have a basic idea of what the law is about, it was a system of rules. And that has been something that has gotten into the church time and time again over the years. Is Here's the set of rules you need to follow in order to call yourself a member of this church or a believer. It gets me, you know. Um, there was a church in our former community that if you were to go to church at that place, they would ask you to leave if you did not have a tie on if you were a man. They would ask you to maybe come back next Sunday if you were a woman and you were not wearing a dress, or your dress was what they thought was a little short because you were showing a little bit more ankle than you were supposed to, you know. That just got me, you know, to have this system of rules. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. You got to, you got to, you know, you have to read this book or you have to follow this or you have to, you know, there was a thing that took place years ago. I remember Nathan and Green River talking about it where pastors were getting to where they were into control mode on people. It was so much so that they, I mean, 
people would ask their pastors, do you think it would be okay if I bought a new car? i got to tell you right now that if you show up next week and you got a big old Ford Super Duty King Ranch bad dude with the six-inch lift, that's awesome. God has blessed you. If you can do that, that's awesome. It's not my business, you know. To get in people's business, it's not about laws. It's not about following rules. That's not what Christianity was set up to, to do, you know. Paul was so upset about this because he said, when you start to do that and you put the rules in, the true gospel of Jesus Christ gets distorted, it gets watered down, and you're preaching another gospel. When you tell people that they have to follow the law or you have to follow their system of rules, you're saying what he did on the cross was in vain and it was a waste of time because that's not what's getting them through the door. What's getting them through the door is where they were tired, not to church. He was upset about that. And I understand it too because I see it. And that's not what it's about. It's about coming in who you are, meeting your Savior, understanding what He did for you, accepting that. It's not a system of rules. You know, I, I hate to beat down a church, and that's why I don't give the name, but I mean, I have seen churches like tattoos and piercings. Nope, can't come to this church. You're saying because I went and got a tattoo or I got a piercing that I can't enter the kingdom of God? That's absurd. How to dress, what to eat. Did you guys know there's a there's a denomination out there that tells you what your diet should be? You know, don't eat meat. You'll be a vegetarian. Are you telling me that what Jesus did with Peter on the beach with the fish was? You tell me we can't eat meat? That's absurd. He even tells us that go ahead and eat whatever, but don't eat meat sacrificed to idols. So we can eat meat that's not sacrificed to idols. But you're saying I can't. It gets me. There's a denomination out there. Matter of fact, Kim grew up in it. And you know what? If her mom's going to listen to this podcast, I'm sorry. But um, no instruments. No instruments. Because somebody might be offended that they don't have the talents that you have. So we're not going to have instruments in the church. You can't worship God with instruments. And I'm just like, Really? Have you read Psalm 150 lately? It says to praise him with the flute, praise him with the harp, praise him with the lyre. I mean, and you're telling me that. Legalism. When to worship. Or how about this one that some churches say? You're not the true church unless you take communion every Sunday. Are you kidding me? It comes down to an oyster cracker and some ocean spray grape juice. You know? Because when you do it every Sunday, sometimes you lose heart of what communion is. You know, is it an action or is it your worship? It's not about the rules. You know, we got to get aside from that. We got to get away from that. We got to accept people for who they are. We have to be our own selves too. We have to be true to ourselves, true to who we are in Christ, and live what we say we're talking about. Because as he wraps up this charge that he makes to Peter. He says, we have freedom through Christ. Verse 15, we who are Jews by nature are not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man, oh, uh-oh, I took a note wrong here. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for righteousness comes through the law. 
then Christ died in vain. And I just lost myself. So you guys got to give me a second here. Okay, but it's only through Christ and what he did that we can find true grace. Because grace can't exist in the rules. Grace can't, can't exist in the law. Righteousness does not come through the law. We are made righteous by the clothes we wear, which is the blood of Christ. He puts on that garment for us. He washes us and covers us with his blood. If righteousness did not did come through the law, this whole church thing that we're doing today would be a waste of time. You could just drop off your pigeons or your fatted calf, and I could burn them for you and take home the Lego lamb for myself, and we would be good. We're only justified in Christ alone, faith in him. The law is useful, though, like I told you in the beginning, to show how we fall short and we need Christ because that system of rules in the Old Testament, we have to understand fully that if you go and you really list out those rules, list out what it tells us, list out what a church would tell you you have to do, you can't do it. You can't do it. You wake up in the morning, you wake up in the morning and sometime before you eat breakfast, you have already fallen short. And you are accountable for it. But he said, I'll take it. I want you to draw closer to me. I want you to do less of that. But I'll take it. It shows we cannot satisfy the obligations of the law. We can only live through Christ. He said it right here. He said, I have died to the law. What does that mean? I have died to the law. You know? I mean, on one side, it means I no longer acknowledge the law as my way to the Father. But at the same time, inside the law and saying the law is what I need to follow is a road to death inside the rules. But he says, but I am alive in Christ Jesus. That's where life is. That's where new birth happens. That's where eternity happens is with Jesus Christ and Christ alone. I'm thankful that, he, <laughs> that that's the way it is because if it was a system of rules, I would have a hard time because like most people, I have parts of my life that are a mess.